one day this nation will rise up live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream. My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. Those were great words from none other than uh, Martin Luther King. I think uh, these words are especially, especially very appropriate looking at the situations we are going through in this time and day. You would think 40, 50, 60 years ago when these words were uttered that by now things would have settled down, things would have come down, and things would be the brotherly love that uh, MLK a priest about we should be bearing fruit by now ladies and gentlemen welcome to Zanus radio show it comes every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern time it's exactly 201 on the East Coast up here in the great state of Indiana I am your host Noan Lovo the Association President for the Indiana Indiana chapter and also the Zanus chairperson Today we'll be discussing a very, very touchy, a very, very important subject, especially for us as the black people uh, residing in the four corners of the United States. There's just been so much going on all around us. Every time when you tune in the news, sometimes it's very depressing. It's not something that some of us look forward to listen to you tune in the news you get discouraged there are shootings there are killings there is this going on on and on the economy there are rumors about war in the far east there is the economy crashing there's protest in in zambia uh, in people's hearts of course there, there are challenges of course we won't get into that our focus to sort of zoom in uh, looking at the challenges that we are facing in the United States. So our show is packed with leaders across the country. These are people from different walks, different uh, organizations, coming from different communities and different states. But what unites us all is that we have Zambians calling in from different parts just to talk about these issues that uh, are affecting all of us. So Zanus Radio Show comes every Sunday at 2 p.m. and the focus is looking at the challenges that we are having in the United States. What is it that as leaders we can do? Because we have to bear in mind that when we came to these United States, uh, we crossed a bridge and we are sort of, uh, for lack of a better term, like the pilgrims, the pilgrims left Europe, different parts of the world, coming to settle 
in the United States. So when they settled, of course, we are not going to go so much into the dynamics of what happened when they came. But the point here is they came to set the stage or the foundation for their young ones. And fast forward 400 years, actually this year is 401. In 2019, it was actually 400 years since the first ships landed on the shores of Virginia and parts of the Caribbean. But 2020, 401 years later, uh, black people are still struggling. Black people are still uh, not getting the American pie. So ladies and gentlemen, feel free at any point later on to open up the mic so that you can tune in and just share your views. Make sure that your mic or your phone is muted and only unmute your phone when it's time to to say something because we want to make sure that at least we are well coordinated. We cut down the background noise. So without further ado, let me say hi to my colleagues here before we introduce our special guest. So we, let's go to Florida, to the great sunshine state and say Hello to President Wembia. President Wembia, how are you? I'm fine, President Noah. Yeah, uh, thank you so much. Um, I'm fine here in the Sunshine State. Thank oh, you. Good, good. Yeah, the weather is, is, is nice and sunny up here in the... Indiana is referred to as the Hoosier State, or what they call the Nap Town. I know Florida is referred to as the Sunshine State. So Indiana is Nap Town. So I think... People here like taking naps, so that's that's unfortunate <laughs> for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So our our, our guest is uh, President Sadiki Gelo, actually Sadiq Gondwe Gelo. So uh, I'm sure all of us know President Sadiq with the association, uh, I mean the organization of Zambians abroad. So he has joined us to share his views on what he feels the Zambian community should be looking at, so the Zambian community should be positioned or which direction. So we'll be chatting with President Sadiq and other presidents who will sort of chip in as we have our discussion, just trying to see what is it that we can do. So our topic for today is what does it mean to be black in the U.S.? So let me say welcome to our special guest. So this is the president of OZA, President Sadiq. Welcome, sir. Oh, thank you so much, sir. Uh, how are you doing? Oh, good, good. We're just happy to have you so at least we can have some sort of dialogue as leaders and see how do we respond, what, or do we respond at all, or what are the next steps that we need to be thinking about as we position ourselves mm. going forward. So, uh, mm. President Sadiq, uh, I know you are somebody that uh, most of our community know here. So I'm sure there might be one or two who uh, does not know who Sadiq is. So give us a little background just in a few minutes about yourself and the organization that you represent. Yes, okay. Uh, thank you so much, and I'm honored to be on this forum. Uh, my name is Sadiq Abdullah Gondwe-Gelo. I came um, from Zambia and uh, straight to Atlanta 
in 2006, and uh, since then I've been a, an Atlanta uh, resident. I became president of uh, the Association of, of Zambians in Atlanta in 2008, and, uh, and I think I was president for nine years until uh, I think 2016. And 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 uh, and since I'd, uh, around that time, I think Atlanta was the was the center of activities because uh, because I love activities. <laughs> so that that kind <laughs> of uh, we used to have a whole lot of uh, you know stuff. So so uh, um, in 2014 or 15, uh, uh, President Charles may correct me there. Uh, OZA was formed, Organization of Zambians Abroad, because we, we felt that we needed a, 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 an organization that would um, would not 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 oversee other associations, but just work with Zambians across state lines, what, whatever they would want to do uh, to succeed in, in their endeavors, OZA would be there. And uh, and 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 I think that's that's where we are now, and, and that's who I, I am president. Uh, of uh, other than that i work for a japanese company called uh, yokohama and uh and uh that's really all about it um, i'm a social media personality too in different respects and uh and 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 i'm part of the dialogue for you know for change or or, or continuing of of a prosperity in zambia uh, with you and everyone else um here because uh, I love my country and uh, and that's why I'm here and uh, and I'm glad to be part of this um, discussion because as a black man and seeing what's going on and also as a leader and a father to 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 kids to to, to children that were born in in America and they are not Zambians but they are but they are considered African American. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm very, very much a concerned parent, and uh, and, and I want to be part of uh, the dialogue uh, and, and learn from you people uh, as, as we discuss the way forward and uh, what it means to be black in this country. Oh, yes. Well, well put, sir. Well put. Thank you, President Sadiq. Yes. So let me just say yes. welcome to one of our elders here. Uh, this is Dr. Musanji from the great state of Pennsylvania and is coming from Philadelphia. So, doc, Dr. Msanji, uh, welcome to our program. Uh, thank you, Noah. I, I'm happy to hear from our other president, uh, Siddiqui, and to be part of this program, it is very, very important for us. We live here, so we need to uh, discuss uh, the way forward, how our kids can survive here. Oh, yes. That's oh, yes. Right. Yeah. Well put. Well put. Yeah. So let me also say hi to my other colleague in uh, the Windy State. This is, the for those who may not know, it's Illinois. And the previous president for Illinois was Mr. Siajunza, Blair, uh, Blair Siajunza. So let me just say hi to... Mr. Sejunza. Mr. Sejunza, how is the Windy City today? It's bright as ever. Thank you, President Noah, and uh, thank you, everybody, all the other presidents, including uh, President Sadiq. Thanks for the intro. And, uh, yeah, like we've said, uh, uh, this, this is an awesome platform for us to be able to talk about issues that concern the Zambian diaspora. 
and not just uh, us who have roots, uh, who remember our roots, whose roots are fresh, but to talk about our kids because uh, the heritage that we brought over, we can only carry it over to our children who are also actually Zambians because you remember the constitution in Zambia allows us to register our kids even though they are born in America. So they are Zambian Americans in, in, in a way. So let's keep that in mind as we uh, talk about what's happening in the current climate. We also need to ensure that uh, our kids know our roots as well as the roots of uh, this nation. So I'll end it there. Oh, yeah. but, uh, Illinois is great. And uh, carry on, President Noah. Thank you, thank you. That was the former president, President Blair. Now we are going to the current president for the state of Illinois, and this is the elegant uh, Miss Irene White. Madam President, how are you? I am good. How are you? Hi, everybody. Oh, we are we are good. We are happy to have you, Madam President. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And good, I apologize good. for not being uh, on the other shows that you guys had. We had some some family hiccups. I think uh, Noah knows about that. And I oh, think yes. Blair does yes. as well. Yeah. So no, no. no. Yeah. You are you are you are back. excused, madam. Oh, we are happy, <laughs> certainly happy to have you. So let's say welcome to. This is our newest president uh, for. She hails from Philadelphia. This is the state where we just lost our friend, Measo, uh, rest in peace, Susan Mohoney. And they had an election, I think this was on May the 31st, and President Sela Banda won by a convincing 99%. So I, if elections across the world, or especially in Zambia, were won by that margin, there would not be any need for a constitutional court. So, Madam Banda, we are not going to the constitutional court to challenge your your election. Welcome to uh, our show. President uh, Stella Banda, you are, you are through. Okay. I, I don't know, maybe Stella might be muted there. So, okay, we'll go ahead and... Uh, Move forward. So, ladies and gentlemen, these are just some of the leadership that we have online. And without further ado, let's jump into the program by playing a clip of a audio which was made uh, over 50, I think close to over 50 years ago. So, listen to these, ladies and gentlemen, and then we'll, we'll, take, we'll see how we can proceed. So, this is, of course, Martin Luther King speaking. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will they be able to sit down to 
Martin Luther King speaking in his famous speech. So, President Sadiq, what words come to mind listening to that audio? Uh, oh, I think decades, I think I've passed four, four decades, maybe this is the fifth decade. What words come to mind? And looking at the current situation that we're in in the United States. I'm I'm baffled because uh, 50 years later, or is it 60 years later, I thought we would have done better, Uh, you know, with all this dialogue that we've had over the years, so many killings, um, police brutality and and unfair practices, you would have thought that uh, at this point, America is supposed to be the the bedrock of, uh, of equality or America would be an example to the world, but but yet again we always just seem to 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 go full circle uh, right into the plight of of, uh, of racism. You know, um, I know that um, Martin Luther King was a figure that actually brought change. Change was brought because because of him. A lot of uh, laws were ratified, and, and so we thank God for for what he did. Uh, and at the same time, uh, I just feel that we would have done better. Because now, now especially like current events, I, I, I fear for my child, There's, you know, especially, um, it, especially my, 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 my son, you know. If, if he, I can only pray to God that he will not be able to face some of the things that, that uh, are faced right now. So what comes into mind? When I think about that, the first words are, by now we should have done. Okay, all right. No, thank you, uh, President Sadiq. Yes, so by now, obviously, we should have done better. So let me say hi to the former president of the state of uh, Dallas, Texas. This is, of course, Madam Joyce Chiwe and her, uh, her reflection on listening to that audio clip uh, almost 50 60 years ago Martin Luther King when he made that speech he thought I'm sure uh, after his time has gone things would have settled down so President Joyce the former Dallas president welcome to a show and what's your take after listening to uh, Martin Luther King's speech what do you think is is happening Thank you, President Noah. Thank you, President Sadiq, for accepting the invitation. Thank you, all other presidents and former presidents online, and also the listeners. Um, It's heartbreaking just to hear the voice of Martin Luther King echoing those words, and then when you see the demonstration and protest, whatever is going on right now in the world. I can't even have words to express myself. And as a parent uh, who have sons and daughters, uh, he must be turning in his grave right now. Um, It's sad that um, it's not... There isn't much change that was done. The only change that we've seen is that during Martin Luther King's time and now, all the racism was not recorded. 
Now we are seeing it, even those of us that came here thinking this is a, milk of, a land of milk and honey. Now we are seeing it, and our children are seeing this. It's really sad and heartbreaking. Thank you, President Joyce, for uh, putting it uh, brilliantly. Now we want to say hi to the Arizona president. This is uh, President Andrew Peary. Uh, president Andrew Peary, welcome to the show. And uh, what do you think about the current situation uh, happening in the United States? Martin Luther King, in his speech, he thought by now, I think, uh, as a country, we shouldn't have been, we shouldn't be talking about this situation. Uh, President Andrew Perry, what, what do you think about that? What, what, what's the problem? Oh, well, th- th- thank you very much, and uh, I'd like to extend my gratitude for uh, President Sadiq uh, for all the for coming through, and uh, all the rest of the presidents on, on this program. Um, it's um, heartbreaking. I mean, um, it's so unfortunate that we've reached a point where uh, this whole issue has now, race has now been uh, a topic uh, for the last few weeks, uh, which I would think would surpass that stage, uh, looking at how far we've come from. Um, again, the thing is, uh, this thing has been going on, as uh, President Joyce has said, except we didn't see it, but now we could see it everywhere. I'm just hoping this thing will bring change, and I've got a strong view that what Martin Luther King said is about uh, peaceful demonstration, making sure that the message is heard, because people have been talking about it, people have been singing about it, and the only thing that it took for everybody to listen now is the protest. So I'm hoping that change will come, and I'm hoping that Martin Luther King will be happy and uh, he'll be excited, because believe you me, I think one of the things that he has achieved is to see a black president, and which we did. That was a remarkable thing that uh, it's changed the whole history, and I'm hoping Floyd will be another person that will change the course of life going forward. Thank you. Thank you, President Peary, for, for that. Now, uh, we're going to sort of shift gears a little bit and zoom in a little bit on our people. Now, earlier during the show, I mentioned that uh, the Europeans, when they were first coming to these parts, they came in search of greener pasture. So when they landed uh, in the Americas, of course, there were other people, the native Indians and everybody else. So fast forward, the people were displaced and then the land was inhabited by the Europeans, which we now call as the uh, Americans. Now, when we look at ourselves as Zambians in the United States, we came, of course, not on the Mayflower. We came uh, at different times to start a life here. So what most people may not have known is that when they made the decision to come to the United States, most of us, we were young, and we didn't even know that we are actually going to settle, have children and things like that. So fast forward for myself with three kids, I have a teenage boy who is turning 16 this year. So when I see what is happening around the country, it's something that sort of gives me a pause, especially that my son actually has some dreadlocks. So those are some of the 
things that I think uh, the current policing force that we have in the United States, they are trained, I don't know if maybe they are mistrained or trained in such a way that they sport certain attributes or traits or, uh, about other people, then they have the, it's sort of an initiation point to initiate some conversation or whatever else. So when we look at ourselves, when we came to the United States, we thought we'd just come for a short period of time, make money, and go back home. So to President Sadiq's point, he's here, he has got children. Most of us here, we are here, and we have children. Now, the chapter sort of changes. Now we have our kids here. What next? How is America going to look at our kids, especially white America? So we may call ourselves as Zambians, but when you're walking down the street, nobody sees you as a Zambian. They look at you as a, a black person. Police are not going to discrimi discriminate. No, this is an, a black person from Zambia. Or no, this is a black person from, of course, uh, Mississippi. They will just look at you as a black person. So now, those of us who are parents, when we look at what is happening in this state, I mean, in this country, how do we raise our children? President Sadiq, can you speak a little bit in terms of now that we have settled in the United States and we have children, how do we raise those kids in light of what is happening all around them? Any comments on that, sir? Okay. Um, you know, yesterday, for some reason, I was, I was watching Fox News. And, uh, and, 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 and uh, I don't, some of you know uh, uh, Carter Carlton. He was interviewing someone um, who wrote a book, a black man. So the black man was saying, was saying that um, the reason why I wrote this book is, is for my kids. I want to let them know. It's very funny. He said, I want to let them know that you can't trust white people. Uh, you, they don't, when, they, when they meet you, they judge you. And uh, so you should, be, you should be very suspicious with them. You should do so and so. Uh, don't just uh, friend them like that. You should be very, 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 very careful. So the, the interviewer, uh, Taka, who's white, he said, no, that's a form of racism. So the, that was the dialogue that they were trying to um, figure out amongst the, 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 the two of them. The white man was saying, no, that is a form of racism. Um, the black man was saying, no, I'm protecting my child from a hostile environment. So now, now I, thought, I sat there and, and I was thinking, uh, and then I, I wanted to relate that to my child. How do I teach my, my child? Personally, this is just me as Siddiq speaking, and, uh, and, and, and uh, any of you leaders, uh, because you are, you, are, you are probably wiser than me, you can probably correct me. I'm not going to teach my child to be suspicious, but I am going to, to teach him the history of legislation, how we go to this. I have to teach my child that racism or, or racial discrimination didn't end um, with, with, with slavery being abolished by, by Abraham Lincoln. Uh, racism continued way into the state. It wasn't it 1964? 
that, that there were law, new laws uh, set against um, certain practices, say, racial practices, like, um, like uh, segregation in, in, in buses, in libraries. And, and stuff. So this root of racism has been there for a very, very long time. So we have to teach our kids that, look, this is the way it is uh, in America. America is still growing out of it, but racism is still very, very strong. You have to sit down with your kids and let them know. At one point in their lives, they have to understand that being born black in America is not as rosy as being born white. Um, um, that's just how I feel about that. And I think that's just the honest truth. I don't know whether I've answered the question, uh, but I think uh, it's important that I say that. Thank you, sir. Yeah, because you see, the purpose of our show here is to discuss as Zambians Mm. living in the United States, and now we have children, uh, because I know some of us uh, 20, 30, 40 years from now will sort of be phased out, and then there will be the new crop of of (laughs) Zambians slash Americans. So, like I pointed out, when the Europeans came on the Mayflower, they were not, per se, only looking at themselves. They were planting a seed for the next generation. And the, and the generations that have come, I think the good thing about white people is that they sort of walk in a straight line and they remember where they, are, they have come from and where they are going. So when you look at what is happening, the Jim Crow Laws. Thank you, President Fadik, for mentioning that. So these are some of the things that I think we need to teach our people, especially most Zambians may not know about their tension and history. They, they, they have seen some things on, on, I mean, on TV and things like that. But I think when we have children, we have to deliberate and we have to make sure that we are explaining what it means to be black in the United States because we can't just tell them, no, just go and love everybody and everything will be fine. That was the advocation by uh, the Reverend Martin Luther King. 50 years later, we're still talking about the same thing. So it means we as Zambians, we have to take a very proactive step and figure out what is it that we can do for our people Again, the Europeans who came on the Mayflower, they are focused on protecting their fellow people. And when white people look out only for their white people, that is what is called racism. Racism, in other words, is looking out and providing the benefits or opportunities to your own people, neglecting others. So when you think about it, when Zambia is playing against, uh, let's say, Nigeria, every one of us, when we were in Zambia, of course, would be looting for the great Kalu and everybody else, hey, Zambia, Zambia, and things like that. So by default, you are supposed to support Zambia. Now, there are certain situations that happen in life where People may not want to support Zambia. Of course, we're not going to get into that. But by default, Zambia is playing against any other team and you are in Zambia, you are supposed to help your, your, your country and cheer for them. When you look at racism, people are grouped into racial groups. There is a white group, there is a black group, there is an Asian group or a yellow group. 
and then there's a red group, which is mostly the red Indians, and then there's a brown group, this is a Latino. So in the game of life, what has to happen is that there are rules to the game, just like there are rules in the game of uh, soccer, that if you pass the ball at a certain point, then you are offside and things like that. Or when you tackle someone very, uh, I mean, aggressively, then you're issued a red card. And when it's sort of not very aggressively, it's just maybe you meant to kick the ball, but in the process you ended up striking the person, then you get a yellow card. So there are rules to everything in life. So what we need to be teaching our people is to understand that in life, there are rules, just like in, in the universe. There are rules of, for instance, there is a law of thermodynamics. There is a law of gravity. Godless what you think, those are objective uh, principles of life that will be there. They don't even have to ask for your opinion. Gravity doesn't ask. If you put something, then it will definitely fall to the ground. And the second law of thermodynamics simply says like things are winding down, or in other words, it's entropy. So when we come here as black people, we must remember that racism is not practiced by an individual alone. Racism is a group sport. So this is white people wanting to preserve the opportunities and the benefits only for their white, for their white people. That is way, what we, some of us, call racism. Now, I want us to look at racism differently in that racism, if we had an opportunity, we have to look out for our own people. Because when Zambia is playing, you are supposed to support Zambia by default because the, that's your country. Just like when we put out a call to be on this show right now, we are reaching out to all the Zambians. So what binds us together is that we are all Zambians. We come from Zambia. So we should be able to communicate. So you find that some of us, we, I mean, we can, we, I mean, we, some of us, we are terrible speaking at Bemba. And then there are those fast talkers from the northern province. Some of us from the east, you find that we speak Chinyanja flu fluently. The point here is, when you come from a certain geographical area, you are sort of thrown into a certain group. Now, white people find themselves in a group, and what they are doing is they are preserving the opportunities for their group. Now, why don't we do that? So when you look at racism from that angle, it sort of changes how you look at things. Because in the game of life, you have to remember, first of all, where you are and who is your, your, your friend. Jesus puts it the following way. Who is your brother's keeper? I'm, I'm paraphrasing. The Bible talks about who is your brother's keeper. Your brother's keeper is everyone who is Zambian. Now, in this context, Every person who is black is your brother and you're on the same team. Now, when we understand what white people have understood for ages, that racism is simply looking out for your own. This is why some of us, when you go and apply for a job, uh, you find that there are black people and white people. You find that white people, they, they will choose their own people. 
And somehow you cannot really blame them. You have to understand the President, rules of the game. President Noah, can so, I interject? No, let, let me just finish and then I'll, I'll, I'll throw the question to, to, to the others. So we have to understand that they are rules to the game. And when we have kids in the United States, it becomes our responsibility as uh, parents to teach them what is out there. So this is why when we say, what do we have to do as black people? First of all, we do not expect any other person to come in your house. You don't expect any person to come and tell you what you need to do in your own house. In your own house, you sort of make the rules and what needs to happen. So ladies and gentlemen, we have to look at why are we in the United States? Now, what, when we see what is happening, therefore the, the onus is upon us. What do we do as a people? That brings me now to the topic of our discussion. What does it mean to be black in the United States? President Joyce, you can come in. Okay. I don't know if President Thank Joyce you, is sir. muted. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank so you. the topic is, what does it mean to be black in the United States? Yes, thank you. Um, I'll give an example of my only son. I've got only one son. Uh, he's in his 20s now. Uh, he gets my car. He drives the car with his friends in the night, of course, and the police flag him. He stopped. He's not over speeding. They ask him why they stopped him. He doesn't know the usual questions. They check and then they say, can we have your insurance and registration? They go back, they come back to him and say, who is the owner of this car? And then he says, it's for my mom. Then he says, okay, you can go. My son comes home, he says, I didn't do anything wrong. Why did they stop me? I said, you live in America. In America, you're a black child driving a Mercedes-Benz at that time of the night. The first thing the cop sees in you is your color of your skin and the privilege that you have a car that you are not supposed to drive. Yes. That's what this country is all about. Now, what should I do as a mother to explain to my child? Uh, like Martin Luther King said, character. They will look at this skin. We will go until Jesus comes. We will be segregated, I tell you. But our own character, that's what we should teach our children. The way our children should be dressed is important. I don't, I'm not saying will not be stopped by the police because before they stop them to see what they're dressed like they will look at the skin so the color is point number one number two they will look at how they're looking like that's the white man's picture in their mind your outlook will determine what type of a human being you are to them they are not looking at our children not being privileged. Not all of them are privileged to have good jobs, 
to come from homes that are not broken to go to colleges. They are not looking at that. They think we are not doing our best. Why did I bring this? It's because those, that's the education we should be doing to our own children. Stop our children to be murdered with everyone else looking out there. I'm not saying it will not happen, but when you look at all those pictures of people that are being murdered, you will see that there's a trend in who they are following, the less privileged, who cannot afford an attorney, who they think they don't know their rights, who, you know, they know that they come from neighborhoods where they are not privileged. We have to look at how our friends, the Jews, did it. As long as we are not economically powerful, this will continue. We can protest. We can run the streets. We can riot. It will never stop until we black people come together and we are a big economic power. We buy from ourselves. We have our own banks and so on and so forth. That's my contribution. Thank you, thank you, Pres- thank you, President Joyce. Yes, so President Sadiq, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, just a quick one. Yes. Um, um, okay, you know, you know, uh, racism being being uh, a group of people looking out for their own interests. Uh, I think racism goes way deeper than that because racism also means that one race feels they are more superior than the other. Uh, um, Hitler would be one example where he just thought that another race was just was was just inferior. We are better than than you. Um, uh, giving an example of of what happened to George Floyd, uh, it it seemed to us that this 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 uh, police officer was was pressing himself on a black man, feeling that that the black man's life is is not worth worth um um start the way a white person's life is so in a in a way that is saying that your life is is not as precious as the life of a white man so it goes deeper than 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 just one group uh looking out for their own interests in fact i would ca- characterize that as as okay. nationalism hello no go ahead, go ahead. As, as nationalism nationalism is where you you feel that your country or where you are from is better than than or not, or not better you just feel that um you you are you you have to 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 support your interests you your country is is more important than this person that's coming in from another place nationalism which is very different from patriotism patriotism basically just means that uh you 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 believe in your country but but you also believe in 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 fairness and 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 if a country for example like america is is not being fair to one group as a patriot you you would take a knee and say look i will not uh stand for this for this flag when you are treating these people this way that's patriotism nationalism is different but racism is deeper racism is saying that i am better than you another child saying that he's better than my black child that is that is something that that has to be dealt with at the root and how are we going to do that one of the one of the um things that we have to do 
one of the points is to teach white folks that look um um you have to realize that my life and your life are, are the same are equal you you are not better than me your child is not better than my child because of the color of their skin white folks have to be taught that because we just standing up and saying let's build our own um um yes I agree with you 100%. That is one solution, one solution. But then also they have to be taught that black lives are important. A black person is equal to any, to anyone. I just needed to to uh to to you know to say that just to to allow us to realize how deep rooted and bad and and evil racism is. Thank you, thank you, President Sadiq, and well put. So we'll get back to the uh, two issues that Madam Joyce brought up, the issue of character and the issue of economy. Yeah, so to, uh, for those who are just joining us, you are listening to Zanos Radio Show. It comes every Sunday at 2 p.m. And today's topic, we are discussing what does it mean to be a black person in, in the United States. Of course, our special guest is President Sadiq Gondwe Gelo, the, the organization for Zambians Abroad president. So, ladies and gentlemen, if uh, uh, very soon I'll be unmuting everybody's mic so that we can get sort of a, a little bit of a dialogue, but we want it to be structured in the sense that you want to make sure that your phone is muted. If you are somewhere where there is a little bit of background noise, make sure if you have nothing to say, you mute your phone because when we unmute your, 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 your mics or your phone from this end, then we'll be able to hear what you're saying. Make sure you are alert. I will mute the, the mics uh, at exactly 3 p.m. Eastern time. Sorry, 3 p.m. Eastern time, which is in the next 14 minutes. So just wanted to uh, throw that out there. So let me just play this clip for those who are just joining. We are... Uh, Martin Luther King talks about the dream, and we're trying to see how do we respond as black people. Again, the clip to, uh, which was done 60 or maybe 50 years ago. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream. My four little children one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. Martin Luther King speaking over 50 years ago. He had a dream, and the question is, was that just a dream, or is that something that... Uh, all at some point bear fruit. So let me just respond real quickly to President Sadiq. So, of course, racism, when you talk about racism being in a group, so you mention uh, a country or nationalism, we have to remember that the United States 
is a group. Canada is a group. China is a group. But within that group, there are, of course, different dynamics. Just like in Zambia is one group. We have people, I think Zambia is divided into 10 groups, uh, the 10 provinces. So within the 10 provinces, of course, from time to time, we have this nonsense about people wanting to discriminate based on tribal grounds. We're not going to go into that. Because Africa has a tribal problem, not a racial problem. The United States does not have a tribal problem. They have a racial problem. It's I am superior and you are not. So you have to do what I tell you to do, So which is sort of unfortunate. This is why in, uh, we find ourselves in this situation that Hitler, uh, I think through the, with, with a Nazi group of, again, it was a group, Hitler perpetrated hate on the Jewish people because he thought that group wasn't uh, uh, to their standards. So this is why it, I think even in the United States, there is the issue of eugenics movement. So that stems from Hitler's uh, group. Of course, racism goes deeper. So by groups, the United States trades with China. They'll be fighting, of course, the trade wars. We've seen that. So each group or each country wants to look out for its own. That's, that's the point number one. So we as black people, that's a group. We have to look at ourselves. For instance, we as Zambians, as a group, and now there's another group of Nigerians, Malawians, Kenyans. Now, us as Zambians, in light of what is happening as a group, what is it that we can do to help better our kids? You've heard President Joyce Kidd was driving a Mercedes, and then because he's black, the police stopped him. Why? Because the character, the image of a black person has been tainted as bad. The image of a black person has, I think what I'm noticing with these shows is that uh, uh, doing this show in one, one hour, 30 minutes may not do it justice. So we may have to rethink the idea and maybe have some sort of a series, a one week series where we sort of zoom in on different topics. So, uh, Madam Joyce brings up good, good points, the character and the economy. Now, let's go to President Blair Siajunza uh, the, from the great state of Illinois. You can tag team with the, uh, President Irene White. Uh, when we talk about the economy, and I know you and I, we've talked about uh, Cecil Rhodes, what he did. He was looking out for his group or his people. This is why we have yeah. the Rhodes uh, Scholarship. Can you speak in terms of how do we empower ourselves in terms of economy? Because we, we shouldn't just be looking at building a house on, uh, in Zambia and uh, closing, the, closing uh, I mean, uh, the door to everything that is happening. No, I don't want to be part of the group. I just want to fend for my children. So can you speak in terms of economy? How do we, as a group, uh, move from here. Yeah, thank you, Bernardo, and thank you, everybody. I'll try and be focused so that we hear from everybody. So, in this, uh, the context in which we view ourselves should also be well defined, because if we don't define it, then we will find ourselves chasing, you know, tales and trying to find reason or issues where they're not. So, we need to be focused. Number one. So, there are two things. Either you 
approach yourself in a deductive, like I am black, that should be a defining thing. Or you identify yourself at the lowest level, I'm a Zambian, and then you're going to pursue it as a Zambian. So those two interests have to be placed in a context in which they belong. So first, we are black. So in America, we're being profiled because we're black, not because we're Zambian or whatever. So if that's the focus that we need to do, if we need to make sure that the black people are economically sound, then there are programs, there are things that we can do to make that happen. One of them is education. And thank God you mentioned Cecil Rhodes because that's the focus. You know, If you're educated, you'll be free, you have access to resources, and you know how to create wealth. And when we talk about being economically empowered, uh, let's think about generational wealth, not just one, you know, one generation being better off than the next generation, you know, is back to square one or even two steps further. So first, as Zambians, what we're proposing is insurance, life insurance. We need to make sure that we encourage Zambians to buy life insurance. Because when you pass, there will be money that will be passed on to the next generation. That's one approach that we, we're encouraging in Chicago. We're also encouraging entrepreneurship. And the more businesses we own, the better. So I'll leave Madam Irene to continue, but uh, those are the things I think that we need to, to, to try and focus on education and making sure that the next generation is better off. Madam Irene, are you still on? Thank you. Yes. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Go ahead, Madam President. Go ahead. Okay. This is um, uh, something to do with what um, Madam Joyce said. I just wanted to throw in something. Um, As a black woman, raising a black child in this country is like walking in the eggshells. Even sending him to go to the store, I literally have to be on, you know, on my tiptoes waiting for him to come back home. Sometimes it's actually even annoying for him because I keep checking. If he's like going like to a place where he only has to spend 30 minutes, I literally have to say, hey, what time are you coming back? Are you there? You know, I feel so bad that I have to do that. But as a mother, that's what I have to do. That's another job on its own. Just because my boy is, is black and I live in a white neighborhood, I don't know what they're going to think about him when they see him. So like, uh, like Auntie Joyce said, one of the things that I do talk to my son about is the dress code. I know it's secondary because uh, uh, primary is um, skin color. But I tell him when you're going out in the world, you have to make sure your presentation does not alarm the wrong people. Don't give them a, a benefit of give them a benefit of doubt. Don't give them a reason to think you're a bad kid. Even when the police stops you, be as calm as possible. Don't argue. Don't ask them why they stopped you. The first thing they'll ask you is driver's license and insurance. Just give it to them. Nod if you can. Put me on the phone so I can hear what they they don't have to know. I'm on the phone, but you can just put me on speaker and let it run. Those are some of the things I have to do as a single mom raising a black child. So if you say, how does it feel to be black living in this country? This is how it feels. It's torture. I was once married to a Caucasian. Again, the Mercedes-Benz issue. We had a very 
we had a very, he had, I shouldn't say we, he had a very beautiful Mercedes Benz. So, of course, when we got married, he was like, you know what? I really don't care about cars. You drive this car, I'll drive the truck. So me, I was just minding my own business. Of course, it was in a white neighborhood. I swear to God, I was given 12 tickets in three months. 12 tickets in three months. The last That's ticket that I was given, yes, the 12 ticket, the 12 ticket, he gave me, um, you know, the a warning. I told him, I said, no, don't give me a warning. I want you to give me a ticket for stopping me because you said they used to stop me for tinted windows. They, the car had tinted windows. So every time they would stop me for tinted windows. So that day I just got, I said, enough is enough. I said, why don't you give me a ticket? I know you stopped me for the windows, right? There's no need for you to give me a warning. Give me a ticket so I can go and face the judge and tell them how I feel. He's like, what are you going to tell them? I said, don't worry about it. Just give me a ticket. And I went to court and I told the court, I said, look, I've been driving this car for three months and, and guess for six months, actually. Guess what? In the six months that I've driven this car, three months of my six months, they've given me 12 tickets. For the same offense. And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, you're not supposed to drive a car that uh, has um, uh, tinted windows. Because I think here in Illinois, um, tinted windows have to be a certain visibility. I don't know what percentage it is. Maybe you guys might know. I said, that's not even the problem. The prob And this is me talking to the judge. I had both that time. I said, I'm telling my friends. I was like, you know what? I'm just saying like it is. My husband is white. Guess how long he has had this car? He has had this car for three years. And in that three years, he's been living in the same house that I live with him. But how come in three months, I've been given 12 tickets driving the same car? He's never gotten not even one ticket for the same offense that you've given. He threw it out. But I mean, he threw it out. I was happy. But it wasn't the end of it. You know, there's nothing else I could do. But that's what it is living in America. There's so much, there's so much oppression, a daily oppression. And you, sometimes you get in the elevator and then there's some white people getting in the elevator. They'll delay to get in the elevator and they'll just tell you, it's okay, it's okay, I'm waiting for somebody, just go. They're lying, they're not waiting for somebody. You know, yeah, things yeah, like that. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't these know. are challenges. That's yes, just my, yes, no. Yeah, these are my challenges. Th thank you, President Irene, for, for, for that. Again, you see, uh, we have, I know a lot of people uh, are texting, they want to chip in. So uh, let me just make sure that we are looking at the way this show is pro proceeding and progressing. I think there might be need for a follow-up show. So let's go back to our special guest before I ask everybody else. Now, President Sadiq. Yes. In terms, in terms of empowering ourselves, and in terms of the character, the, the other speakers have talked about the character, we, it's how we are perceived out there. And then the other person also mentioned about the economy. We have to have that economy, economic power where we are not just consuming. So we have to be in a position also to produce something. And also the other person mentioned life insurance. We need to be encouraging our people to sign up for life insurance because we've seen these GoFundMe accounts and think it just doesn't set a good example. And of course, education. So wh wh what else do you want to add to that list, uh, uh, President Sadiq? 
before I even um, uh, comment on that one, uh, I know I know uh, uh, President Irene will probably come into my inbox and say, "Fish watch that land." I just want to say, I just want to say to her that uh, those twelve tickets she got, if she was a black man, not woman, <laughs> you'd have been in jail by now. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that. No, I think she needs to be man. arrested. Who issue a, a a warrant for for arrest, President Irene? Yes, yes. Black men, black men don't get twelve warrants. They get, I mean, twelve tickets. They they go to jail, and 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 possibly prison. But you know, uh, like I said to you, I think maybe I think it was to you, or I said, you know, this program, um, I'm I'm here to contribute, but also to learn. Um, what President Blair and and Bachibwe have said, very very true, very very true. What you we have to economically empower ourselves, and and be big on education because in society just that's just the way it is. You are respected because of your class, uh, and 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 uh, maybe 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 I'm being shallow for using the word class, but but I think for knowledge. Once you know, you go to school and you and you are very adept at what you do, adept at what you do. Uh, society in America tends to respect you. So the black child has to to uh, to be big on education and economic empowerment. That one I I just cannot be overemphasized. I agree 100%. Uh, thank you, thank you. Now we go to um, yes. I know uh, Matilda. She's sort of sent it. A note that she wishes to chip in. Matilda, the floor is yours. Thank you so much, uh, President Noah. Your subject, uh, the topic today, is um, very important, and I'm glad that we're talking about it because sometimes we might feel like no one is hearing us, but yet we all have a voice because it affects us in so many different ways. Um, I just want to say that, you know, you've you've played the clips of um, Dr. Martin Luther King, and I've heard the questions that you have asked, and I keep thinking, um, with where we are now, a lot of things have we've. I'm saying we, as generally speaking, not we as the people here on the program, but we in the world, we here in America. We have sort of tried to get along, to move on, and, you know, to make sure that we live as best as we can without addressing underlying issues. So some of these keep coming up because they've never really been properly addressed, you know. Um, We say, okay, I don't see color, I don't see race, and yet these things happen often. We'll say, well, I'm from Africa. (laughs) Uh, it doesn't affect me, it affects them. But like you had said earlier, when you're out there in the street, it's not like you have a sign on your forehead to say, I'm an African, don't touch me, or this is a black person. So we see these injustices in our workplaces, in our schools. We see them everywhere. And other times, uh, you find that our colleagues are able to get along with us without any problem. You might find a person who's married to a white person or they have best friends who are non-black, you know, and uh, they live in a neighborhood that is, is mixed or predominantly of another race, maybe predominantly white, and things are going okay. 
doesn't mean that okay. these problems haven't been addressed. So things like voting. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so sorry, 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 Matilda. So I have unmuted everyone. So this is part of the challenge with uh, unmuting everyone. So there is that background noise coming. So if if everybody else can just unmute your phone and only unmute when you are supposed to say something, it will help with the background noise. Go ahead, Matilda. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. Um, I was going to say the thing about voting. Black people still. Um, don't have, I don't know, I want to, those of you who know the history or the correct terminology I'm looking for, but the voting has not been fully passed as a law, you know. It's something that they have to review in Congress every so many years, and I think they reviewed it a few years ago, and still we don't have full rights as black people to vote. So there are a lot of things that need to be addressed, that haven't been, and because of that, we are where we are today. And this very scary. Mm-hmm. I end my no, submission uh, there. Oh yeah, so, sorry, yeah, Madam, uh, May I say something, yeah. please? Mm, yes, sir. Uh, go ahead. Y- yes, I'm. I'm calling from New Orleans, Louisiana. Actually, I'm in the midst of a storm. Is passing over us right now, crystal ball, and this show is dynamite. And I think that this show should be replayed. And as an African-American, I, I love the fact that you as Zambians in particular are giving very, very detailed insight into your experiences as black people living in the United States. Uh, I also have a blog talk radio show, and I, I would wish that many of you take my email to contact me, uh, nolawakeup at gmail.com, N-O-L-A-W-A-K-E-U-P, at gmail.com. One of the things I would like to say is that these protests against police killing resonate around the world with black people in particular. The black people that live in the UK, the black people that live in Canada, the indigenous blacks in Australia, this resonates. And I think that we need to take this opportunity as black people to create more forums where we integrate our conversations with each other. I wish more continental Africans would impose in a, in a, in a, in a, in a good way their experiences into African-American discourses because from a global standpoint, it is the African continent that is the big prize that everybody wants, the Chinese and the Europeans. And we must assert ourselves as the experts on ourselves and our experiences. Now, you know, a lot of people are taking DNA tests. And what's interesting, the DNA tests come back. It shows you particular regions and possible countries where your ancestors come from. That's not the fun part. The fun part is when you have DNA matches with people who you share DNA with. And I have a match with a person from Zambia that I've been communicating with. And it is, they're so excited. And uh, the individual uh, is from near the Tanzania border and uh, near a city called Nakonde. And they're from the group called the Namwanga and the Mambwe. Oh, and so when you look, when you oh, look oh. at African, when you look at African Americans, you're looking at people who are descended not just from West Africans, because that's a, that's, that's a 
current geopolitical terms Europeans created, but you're looking at people who are descendant of the African continent. That first ship of Africans that arrived in Virginia, they were coming from Angola, and the ship was on its way to Mexico, and the British hijacked the ship, and then they wound up in Virginia. So, so when you look at blacks in the Americas and the Caribbean, the United States, we, we represent the eastern, the southern, as well as the western part. Our DNA reflects that. So we are the same people. Great, great, great. Well put, well put. Uh, let, let me just get the last four digits of your number, and let me get your name. Uh, my name is Warren. Okay, Warren. And my email is nolawakeup at gmail.com, N-O-L-A-W-A-K-E-U-P at gmail.com. And my program is called New Orleans Wake Up. That's the name of my blog talk show. Great, great. And which which line did you call from? Because I'm looking oh. at the dashboard up here. Oh, that's the 504 number, the 504. Oh, the five, oh okay, I see the 504. All right, thank you for your contribution, yeah. and we'll hopefully we'll stay in touch outside the, this, this chat. So we go on now to, I think, President Charles Wendell. Everybody's mics are open, by the way. So if you have something to say, feel free to chip in one at a time. Mr. President, let me just say something before uh, yes, sir. Matthias comes in. Yes, yes. Um, I just want to I just want to speak to uh, the man that was just speaking. That that was that was powerful. Uh, just in case a lot of um, you do, we may not know, Oprah Winfrey's DNA is also Zambian, uh, Cameroonian, and Zambian. So so just to back up what he said, uh, African Americans here. Uh, the, the, the heritage is all over Africa, and and we are one people. And as we dialogue with what's going on right now, we have to have that thing in our minds that we are one people. Thank you so much, Mr. Charles. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're listening to Zanos Radio Show. It comes every Sunday at 2 p.m. Today we are doing an extended uh, time. Usually we run for an hour. Now we are doing a 90-minute show because of the magnitude of the, our show. So we are discussing what does it mean to be black in the United States. So uh, all the mics are unmuted, so if anyone has uh, something on their mind, please chip in. Yeah, this is Charles oh, uh, from Florida. Yes, sir. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, so thank you all for all the uh, very valuable contributions, and uh, thank you, Warren, for chipping in, uh, joining in. I think... Uh, uh, that adds a very good flavor, and I, I think um, it's it's also good that um, yeah, mostly we have uh, Zambians listening and contributing on this show. I think uh, we need to involve other communities and African Americans too, uh, because this is what what is happening right now. It's mostly uh, uh, it's, it it stems from the point of view of color of our skin and we need to unite as one people I've uh, <clears throat> a few times I have uh, I've heard some things where people say um, African Americans don't feel like uh, we, you know we are necessarily one people with the people that are just recently everybody's from Africa but that those who come recently from Africa 
that do not are not on the same frequency in fighting for our causes like we are isolated, which I don't think, feel we are not. I think sometimes people just want to, you know, read the situation and see where they can come in. And, of course, we also have just people who do not have enough information. People have told me this week that they, they haven't experienced uh, racism. People have told me, I've seen videos of our brothers and sisters um, challenging protesters that they don't, they don't have a valid point because we've got everything else going on. That, so we need to, this is a multi-first dimension. Uh, we, we should be, um, approach it with a multi-first uh, dimension approach where we tackle the problem from every angle. First, our people need to know the history of how our black communities in this country got to where they are. You're talking about people that for 400 years, they worked for free to build the other race, and they never were not allowed to own anything. So there is no way we're going to ask those 400 years. And uh, 60 years ago, we started voting, but even in these 60 years, there's been obstacles following those other years that uh, they never built any wealth while the other people were building it. So we need to uh, approach this matter with, uh, from many dimensions. First of all, we need to educate each other that there is a problem, and then we start with the basics. Since we are, our security matters, we start with the basics. We tell our children how to conduct themselves uh, when they meet the police from there. And then we educate them further on the history and everything. Like uh, this summer, I have my son reading uh, a book on Mandela, and uh, I have him reading a book on Malcolm X, and have him read Martin Luther King. Malcolm X approach and Martin Luther King approach are different, but in my opinion, they are both valid approaches. We need to we need to understand that and how we educate ourselves on to take part in causes um, as um, as black people in this country from Africa. Um, I know some some of our colleagues may not take part in protests and other causes for various reasons, but whenever we can, we need to take part, because this is a black issue, not a, you know, no. an African, New European, yeah. Oh, okay, all right, so, so thank, and, thank you, sir. Uh, just to, yeah, just, to, you, just sir. to add a little bit on economic point of view, too, where we need to support each other on what we're doing. Yeah, let me just uh, end there for now. All right. Th thank you. That was uh, President Charles Wimbia from the state of Florida. So, ladies and gentlemen, now as we transition, we have less than 12 minutes to conclude the show. Uh, based on what is happening, what should black people, in this case, what should we as Zambians be doing? Again, we have to think of we in a group, in a group of Zambians, in a group of black people, what deliberate steps? are we going to take going forward? Uh, anyone can chip in. The mics are open. Hello, uh, President Noah. Can you hear me? Okay? Oh, yes. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thank you for the show and thank you for taking my call here. Uh, this is Lipshed again. Um, I'm here in Indianapolis. Um, and thank you for this beautiful contribution that people have been making. And I, I'm, I'm hoping we are recording this show. Um, so that we can share it with the rest of the people who didn't get to listen to this. 
Here, uh, my point that my contribution for now is that I wanted to find out if there's anybody who's taking note, uh, who's, who's going to be in charge of what has been talked about today so that we can uh, create an action register and track these things and follow them up and, and uh, come up with some groups that can actually brainstorm and move it to the next state so that we can make tracking. Disca uh, discussing things is a good thing. It gives people light, it gives people, but if we don't take action to, to, to make them happen, sometimes that's the biggest challenge that we have as African, as black people. We do not take things to the next stop. You know, you find all of us talk about things, but we don't take a next step to make those things to reality. So I am available because this thing is really dear to my heart to be able to take an action and uh, organize some groups that can, so those who are willing to uh, take action to address certain issues, say for instance, education for, 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 for our children, can we come up with a committee that is gonna address that? Uh, educate, I mean, uh, people who will be working on creating wealth, those who wanna uh, deal with businesses, somebody who can come up with a committee to do that so that we itemize these things and track them so that they can come to reality. That's just my contribution for today. Okay. All right. That is our, uh, one of our executive members for the association here in Indiana, Mr. Lipshed. So, Mr. Lipshed, we are here in Indiana. We are working on a template which we hope is going to be the national model in terms of how do we empower ourselves as a people, what next steps, what actions, what things, can we do? Because we shouldn't just be talking. I mean, people have been talking about things for years. Now we're looking at steps that we can take. Thank you, Mr. Ndevele. And anyone who is interested, reach out to me outside the show. Anyone else, uh, what specific things can we do in light of what is happening? Uh -huh. uh, Thank you, I, Mr. I, I, Chair. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, let's have somebody who, has, who hasn't spoken. Yeah. Okay. Is there a number or somewhere where we can where we can kind of congregate and get a you know at least a meeting going to discuss this further outside of the show? Sure, sure. So there, well, we yeah. we meet. Yeah. So uh, the Zanus Radio Show meets every Sunday at two p.m. and looking at the, looking at the sort of, interest so that we are getting from the people, we might do a follow-up show just to. Uh, deliberate steps or groups that we can uh, initiate and we are working on something a uh, sort of a pilot project here in Indiana and you can reach out to me outside the show and then we can see what we can do so uh, thank you for your contribution and can we have anyone else what uh, what what's on your mind based on what we are discussing this is uh, New Orleans. I want to just say, and I have a dream speech. If you get, if you Google the actual type speech, the archive speech, the last paragraph on the first page and the first paragraph on the second page, Dr. King makes reference to a check that America wrote, but for the Negro, it was a bounce check. And that was the thing promised in the Constitution. So that's a very important part of the I have a dream speech that's kind of always left out. No, okay. All right. Th th thank you, Warren, for pointing that out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Ladies and gentlemen, speak up. Just a quick yes, one. Sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, so everybody else, I, I know we want to take action. So part of uh, what we're doing on Zanus is to create a database of Zambians. So on LinkedIn, there's a group called Zambian Diaspora Network. Look it up and then join that group because what we're trying to do is find out who are in banking, find out who are in medicine, so that those action groups will have the expertise to drive the action. So Zambian Diaspora on LinkedIn. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So anyone else? We have less than five minutes. Uh, what's on your mind looking at what yeah, is uh, happening in the uh, United States? I would, I would like to make a comment. I would like to make a okay. comment about economics and education. And I think that was brought up uh, earlier. Okay, is this Warren? Is, it, is this Warren? No, it's not. No, it's not. It's oh, not okay. Warren. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. All right. Go ahead. Um, um, Economics and education is absolutely necessary, but that'll, that will not stop the system of racism and white supremacy um, at all. We've done that in the United States. We've, we've you know, um, a lot of black people have their degrees and are educated um, and business owners and that type of thing, and that has not stopped it for us. So I just wanted to make that point. I mean, there's a professor from Harvard who was a PhD, who was arrested and accosted for trying to go into his own home because they thought he was breaking in. So I just wanted to dispel that notion. While it's absolutely necessary, it does not stop alone racism, white supremacy. One more point, if Jewish people in the United States are mistreated, the country of Israel will come to its defense. If Mexicans are mistreated, Mexico will come to their defense. When black people in the United States, foundational black people, you know, who are here through slavery, when we're mistreated, there's no country that we can turn to to come to our defense. So that there's another distinction that maybe we can pick up a discussion for another day. Yeah, yeah. Th- thank you. And your name again? My name is Steve. Yeah, I'm an yeah. So I'm th- black th- American. Th- Oh yeah, th- thank you, and we we are happy to uh, have you on this show. So uh, I'll summarize at the end of the show. So we want to make sure that we I'm noting down some of the main points here. So anyone else who wishes to chip in, just uh, in a minute or less. Yes. Um, this is yeah. I'll just agree with the last. Yeah, I'd like to agree with the last uh, speaker, and that's what I meant when I said racism is more than just uh, what we said. Racism is hate. Racism is, even if you're rich, as long as you're black, my race is better than yours. So, yes, uh, education and uh, and economic empowerment is one of the tools we can use um, to to ensure that we alleviate it. Like, uh, will it stop racism? No. We, we, we have to take uh, uh, stronger stances, we, and one of them is to teach Americans uh, about, about race. I'm not saying that will, will, will change much, but it, it, it is one of the tools. Um, Killer Mike is one of the uh, rappers here, very, very, um, very, very respected here in, in, in Atlanta. That's, that's his um, way. He says white people have to be taught about how we feel, who we are. They have to know 
that we are people too. And uh, l- let me not uh, take much of your time, but uh, that's one of the tools that we can also use. Thank you. All right. Just for Thank you, President Sadiq. Yeah. Just for a few seconds, just um, Peter from where President Sadiq and uh, 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 Steve left. Um, yeah, 30, se- 30, 30 not- seconds or it. Okay. Yeah, 30 seconds it's not just uh, academic education, but education on the history where these things come from and where we are so that we can bring more of our brothers and sisters to fight for what are the, the causes. I just wanted to add that. All right. Thank, thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Zanus radio show. We are just about to wind up the show. This has been a very, very great, great discussion. We have calling in from different parts of the country, and we have about two minutes. Uh, President Sadiq, uh, looking at what you have heard, what are your final thoughts for the listeners? You know what, uh, Mr. President, what you just said, that we need a, an extension of uh, this show, we, we definitely need one, because, because this was foundational. Uh, uh, it, it, it has made me realize that... Uh, to take this, yeah, this step that we just mentioned uh, to, to move forward, and I think we need a series of... Um, of shows like this so that uh, we come to a point of understanding it. And, uh, and that pilot program you have in, in Indiana, that is a very, 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 very essential and important um, thing that you're doing, and uh, I would like to know more about it. Thank you so much. All right. Th- thank you, President Sadiq. So any final thoughts? One, uh, in 30 seconds or less, we go to Warren, 30 seconds or less. Okay, Warren is not ready. We go to President Blair. 30 seconds or less. We are winding up now. Yeah, thank you, President. No, like we've heard, the key thing is uh, we are black. So genetics is actually the best way to explain this because uh, the, the color of our skin is determined by our genetic pool. We are from Africa, and that's one of the things I think that I used to teach my children about race. But the key things that we need to do are, of course, understand where we come from and insist on our dignity as a people. And then we need to empower ourselves through education, through uh, wealth creation, because we need resources to fight these things. If you're stopped, you need a lawyer. So again, we're creating a Zambian uh, database. It's called the Zambian Diaspora Network on LinkedIn. We want Zambian lawyers to be available when there's a challenge in our community. We want Zambians to be available to speak to banking, entrepreneurship and all these things so that's my final thoughts and uh, let's pick it up next week mm. right ladies and gentlemen you've been listening to Zanus radio show this is the show that comes every Sunday at exactly 2 p.m. Eastern time to discuss issues that affect us the Zambian community and we're certainly glad for this show to have uh, have had the opportunity to have two non-Zambians, but brothers uh, who belong in the same group, uh, join our show to just share their thoughts and ideas. A lot of points were brought up from uh, the character as a people, uh, how we are being perceived, how we dress, how we act. And of course, there is the issue of the economy. We 
cannot advance our cause by just focusing on education alone or we have to think outside the box so i think this is goes back to the earlier point that i mentioned that we have to look at racism for what it is it's looking at the group of people and the steps that need to be taken white people for nearly 400 years they have been consistent in looking out for their own cause this is why people get harassed because they get intimidated we don't want to get into the genetics I wanted to make sure that maybe in the next show, uh, there a lot of our people are imprisoned, and that's not by mistake, that's by design, because when you look at the gen gen genetic makeup of a black person and a white person, you find that it's only about 10% of white people in the entire world. 90% of the population in the world is non-white. So when you have this system of intermarriage going on and things like that, in some, at some level, it will sort of mask out all white people. So white people have to take a deliberate action to sort of counter that. This is why you find that there are these measures of racism. It's not by, by mistake, it's by design. You have to understand that you have to take a proactive step to preserve your dignity. There's a book which was written in, in 1987 called The Bear, talks about all these things. So ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of our show, but we'll have a, a continuation of our show next week so that at least we can zoom in and look at now what steps do we need to take. Thank you for joining us, President Sadiq. Thank you, President Thank you, everyone, and till next week we meet much. again. It's bye for now. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream.